So Project Veritas exposes the FDA on the COVID vaccines. The Ottawa police chief resigns after Trudeau invokes Emergency Act. And Trevor Noah is to debate Stephen Crowder about Joe Rogan? Question mark. We're getting into all this and more in just one second. If you can, please drop this video a like, subscribe, and notifications on. New video every single day. If you can, listen to the flips of the show, the Joey Saladino Show, on all the podcast apps. Go there right now on all any podcast app that you use. Click that subscribe button, the Joey Saladino Show. Uh, uh, the link should be in the description or in the title somewhere where you guys can click it and click that subscribe button. Now let's get right into this. I did once too, and I played as many people as possible. So you have to get an annual shot. I mean, it hasn't been formally announced yet. So you don't want to like uh, rile everyone up. The drug companies, the food companies, the vaccine companies, so they pay us hundreds of millions of dollars a year to hire and keep the reviewers to approve their products. If they can get every person required at an annual vaccine, that is a recurring return of um, uh, money going into their, their company. So how do you know it's already getting approved? Well, they're not going to, um, I mean, just from everything I've heard, they're not going to not approve it. Meet Christopher So this is an exposed video by Project Veritas. And I want to say, Quick disclaimer for big tech companies out here. The FDA said the person purported in the video does not work for the va on vaccine matters and does not represent the views of the FDA. So I need to throw that disclaimer out there so big tech doesn't shut this down. And we're going to play for you guys the rest of this clip, this exposed video by Project Veritas. But before we do, I just want to say one thing. The mainstream media is not really covering this at all. I, by the time I'm filming this, I already looked it up and I did not find one single article about it. So it's up to you guys to send this to a friend, share it on your Facebook groups, uh, click the engagement button. We need to get the real news and the truth out there. Obviously, there's a big tech, you know, uh, censorship against Project Veritas. The only people really out there doing real true journalism the way it should be done. Um, so it's up to you guys to help spread the word. I'm doing my part, getting it and serving it to you guys, adding my commentary on it. Now you guys could do your part and help spread this. So let's continue watching. Hole, an executive officer at the FDA with over 20 years experience who claims to be directly involved in the approval process of the various COVID vaccines. I think um, what's going to happen is um, it's going to be a gradual thing. Schools are going to mandate it. Why do they need the third one? Well, the same reason um, that you or I would need the third one. So the three will bolster your, your system. And then there will be an annual, um, eventually an annual, just like the flu shot. For the toddlers? Well, for everyone. Okay, so the toddlers too then. We'll have to get it. Okay. I don't completely agree with their the process. What do you mean you don't agree with the process? Well I mean they um they don't have all the all the tests aren't there. So I agree with the thing that it is important to inoculate them. Um but you can't provide the um the parent as much um, assurity as you normally want to. It's an easy way for all all um, all age groups, all designations, and then you have to get approved by specific age groups based on the study. Do you think it's really an emergency for the toddlers? Well, they're all uh, improved under an emergency. The efficacy data doesn't have to be as high. The standard is on emergency use authorizations is that it does more benefit than harm. I thought their cases weren't that high for six what? months to four-year-olds. They're not, but it, because it's... Um, related to COVID, it's under that approval process. 
So I think there's another video. I don't know if this is the same one, but let's see. manager here. for the uh, Food and Drug Administration. Oh, nice. So we, manage, we have a public health initiative which oversees coronavirus. Oh, wow. Because my uh, my agency oversees vaccines, oh. vaccine approvals and, and uh, devices for vaccines. And my office clears all the uh, emergency approvals. Oh, wow. Because since COVID is under an emergency uh, order, mm -hmm. we don't oversee the regular approval of vaccines and devices for vaccines and drugs. My office, which has scientists, lawyers, and managers, and other managers, we expedite the approval of any emergency um, so that's what, that's, that's my job is, okay. is doing that. So that is, I, I guess, the post that they made in response to the FDA's official response. And again, the FDA said the person reported in this video does not work on vaccine matters and does not represent the views of the FDA. That's their official response. So full disclosure, this none of this is real, I guess. You know, wink, wink. Um, but let's read. The Project Veritas released a video. Okay. Um, Holy smokes, the FDA is just exposed for facilitating the obvious scam. We've all suspected the corona chaos to be the government-forced uh, money grab. It's a bait and switch, and innocent children are the bait. This is sickening and pure evil. I mean, if this is true, this—I have, have to say that, you know. Uh, if this is true, this just confirms our suspicion of the plan, of, of how this— is all about money. This is all about politics. This has all been kind of part of a plan to uh, drag this out and make it a bigger deal than it really is for money. I mean, we've been calling this, we've been screaming this from the mountaintops since day one. We've been saying it, that they're going to want as many booster shots as possible because they make so much money from it. We've been saying this, and this confirms a lot of that suspicion. Um, someone tweeted out a quote, the drug companies, the food companies, the vaccine companies, they pay us ten, uh, hundreds of millions of dollars a year to hire and keep the reviewers to approve their products, FDA executive. This is shocking project. Veritas has done it again. Cole explains that the process would be likely to be gradual with schools mandating vaccines and toddlers probably having to get an annual shot too. He also uh, discusses the financial incentives pharmaceutical companies like Pfizer have to get the vaccine approved. It'll be a reoccurring uh, fountain of re revenue, Cole said, and they get every person required at an annual vaccine. That's a reoccurring return on, of money going to their company. Project Veritas reported the FDI. And here's the thing is, these drug companies, guess, guess who they give a lot of money to? Guess who they pay? Probably in the billions of dollars. I don't know if that, probably annually, collectively annually. They pay a lot of money. To advertise on mainstream media. They pay tons of money. So that alone, there's a symbiotic relationship between companies like CNN and the drug industry and the, you know, the vaccine companies. Because they're already paying them hundreds of millions to billions of dollars to advertise their products. So they're being told, hey, Don Lemon, you know, we need to not cover this or cover this favorably for the drug companies because after your segment there's going to be a Pfizer vaccine commercial running. So don't go too hard on, on Pfizer or else they're going to drop us and we're not going to make those hundreds of millions of dollars that we desperately need. You know, there's a relationship there. And this is why it's so important that shows like this one, shows like the other shows you watch or listen to, you know, everyday people type of thing, you know, we're, we're just out there just trying to spread the news and spread the truth out there. That's why it's so important for these voices of people like me to be amplified because we're not going to give you, um, we're not going to be 
favoring anybody. We're just trying to give you guys the truth and the news, or at least discover and try to get to the bottom of it. Uh, and that's why the mainstream media uses the big tech social media companies to also, you know, they're also working in tandem to make sure shows like this and content like this and exposed videos like this never see the light of day, at least not to the general public. You know, people like us, we're more privy, we're, we're more in tune to seeking out this type of content and seeking out the truth. But average everyday viewers who sit in front of the TV box all day and they watch cable news, they're never going to see this information, ever. That's why it's up to us and our job to educate our family members and our friends that are just sitting in front of the TV box of the truth and send this to them. For the chief of police in Ottawa and Canada resigns after Trudeau invokes emergency act. Now I want to read this article and we're going to tell you guys why he should not have done this. And this is very important what I'm about to say. And this is a lot of stuff that I've actually touched on and talked about in the past on why he should not have resigned due to Trudeau's tyrannical orders. But let's read first. Ottawa's chief of police has resigned amid the ongoing Freedom Convoy truckers protests in the nation's capital. Uh, he said, it has been a heavy heart that I'm announcing I stepped down from the chief of, of Ottawa Police Service. Uh, chief Peter, whatever, announced his resignation comes just after the prime minister invoked the Federal Emergencies Act, granting the government additional power and authority. Uh, since the onset of the demonstration, I have done everything possible to keep the city safe and put the end to the unprecedented, unforeseeable crisis. We have acquired new resources and enforcement tools that stood up uh, the new integrated command center. I'm confident the Ottawa Police Service is now better positioned to end this occupation. He said occupation is a completely inappropriate term uh, repeatedly used by the government officials like Justin Trudeau. The definition of occupation, according to Oxford Dictionary, is the action, state, or period occupying or being occupied by military force. The Freedom Convoy, however, is not acting with any military capability, capacity. Members of the protest wave signs, cook food, and dance in the streets. Their members are not using military weaponry to terrorize the residents of Ottawa, nor have they ever attempted to act militarily. Instead, the truckers and other Canadian citizens stand in protest, peacefully assembling until the government hears their calls for justice. The Canadian Civil Liberties Association has made clear that they do not believe the threshold to invoke the emergency act has been met. The association director uh, has warned that normalizing the use of emergency powers threatens democracies over civil liberties. The Freedom Convoy seems to have tested the Canadian government how far the politicians would prove the authority to squash oppression, just like a child thrown a temper tantrum Trudeau uh, is ready to uh, do whatever it takes. Um, now, here's the thing is, here, here's the crazy thing is, um, what did he say exactly? Not better positioned to end the, um, I want to go to his exact, one of his exact quotes. Okay. Either way, either way. So it says that since the onset of the demonstration, we see that I think possible to keep the city safe on presidential first. We have acquired new resources enforcement. Okay. I'm confident that a police service is now better positioned. Okay. Here's the thing is, if this guy is truly resigning, because he does not like the tyrannical orders coming from above, then he is an absolute coward, an absolute pussy, and is doing more harm than good. Want to know why? Because if he was truly a freedom lover, if he was on the side of these protesters, he would not have resigned. Because now what, you're, what are you going to get? You're going to get a, an appointed radical leftist, probably a black Muslim, transgender female, I'm making a joke here, uh, to replace him, that's going to enact every form of powers at B to remove those prote protesters and squash them to the ground and arrest them, whatever they have to do.
okay? When instead, if you're a freedom-loving conservative and you're getting order, I would much rather be arrested by a police officer saying to me, I am sorry, I do not want to do this, but I have no choice to do it. I would rather be arrested than by him than someone saying, I want to arrest you because I think you're bad for not getting vaccinated or not getting a mask. I would rather be arrested by the other guy. You want to know why? Because I would rather, we need enough people in positions of authority, in positions of power that support freedom in order to change the system. If we're going to run and hide, if every single teacher that doesn't like critical race theory quits, if every single police officer that does not like enforcing tyrannical orders quit, if every doctor quits because of some vaccine requirement, if every nurse quits because of XYZ, every single one of those jobs, every single one of those positions, every single one of those positions of power and authority will be replaced by a radical leftist. Every single one of them. Where every single teacher would be a radical leftist. Every single police officer would be a radical. Do you really want to live in a world like that? This is part of their plan. They want you to resign. They want to replace you. They want to throw you out of society. And if you could throw yourself out of, out of that society from your own free will, that's even better on them because then they don't, they don't need to make another mandate to force you out. Where you're just, you're just leaving. That's why it's very important. If you're a conservative out there and you support freedom, and it, we need to strive for these positions of power to fix the system from the top down. Because then we're just a bunch of peons, and then the radical leftist military is going to come marching in, and they'll follow every order to the T. Whereas if you're a conservative police officer and you don't resign, you can literally whisper in someone's ear and say, yo, I know you don't got the vaccine. I'm supposed to arrest you, but just like, you know, get out of here real quick, you know. Boink, boink, good. Goodness done. But if it was a radical leftist police officer, I'm arresting you right now. I'm arresting you to the ground and shoot you in the face. Obviously, I'm exaggerating. But you get the point here. And I, honestly, I, that's not even something anyone could argue or debate with me about, to be completely honest with you. Um, you know what? This might be the one where people start debating and arguing. I would say the same exact thing would go for Hollywood. The same exact thing will go for mainstream media. Anything. Anything. Uh, same thing will go for tech companies. Okay? Everything. If we're at least, at the very least, secretly in a position of power or authority or infiltrating secretly. And then we slowly, over time, exert our influence over these things. That's what the left did for the most part. We slowly, over time, exert our influence. You see, people, everyone listening to this, need to understand we can't win every single battle, okay? In some battles, we need to sacrificefully lose. We need to purposely lose certain battles for the overall goal of winning this war. Okay? Just like how I say, and this relates back to how I say all the time, stop fighting for California. Stop fighting for New York. They are never going to flip red. There is no point. You're going to waste our valuable resources of money and votes and electoral college votes. You're going to waste those valuable resources when you can just spend the time to just move to a swing state, put your resources there, or move to a red state and put your resources there to keep it red, make it more red, increase the electoral college. That's strategically losing Los Angeles, losing California strategically so we could win several key swing states. 
because we're not going to even win. We're, why would we even b- battle that? Why would we even take that battle? If you're looking at in any type of war game or strategy, have you ever played any strategy game ever? Why would you attack the most fortified position of your enemy? It's a waste. Makes no sense. Is Trevor Noah going to debate Steven Crowder about Joe Rogan? We're going to find out uh, right now. So let's read. So during the live show, popular conservative podcast host Steven Crowder received a Twitter message from the notorious comedian Trevor Noah. In response to mentioning uh, of Noah on Crowder's show, he asked him in a DM, why didn't you invite me to talk? Oddly enough, Crowder should have just asked Trevor Noah why instead of throwing Joe Rogan under the bus, he didn't invite Rogan to talk. Someone tweeted out, Stephen Crowder just had Trevor Noah message him and asked him why he doesn't have him on the talk about his statements about Joe Rogan. Should Stephen have Trevor on? And 80% of the people said yes. Stephen Crowder, however, instead uh, immediately responded by saying, well, I'll have Trevor Noah on to talk about it. The Crowder team recommended the idea. We'll have our people reach out to your people. All right. Well, Mr. Noah... You're more than welcomed, and we can exchange contact information, he said. Let me be very clear. If we have Trevor Noah on, of course, it would be respectful and cordial, uh, Crowder uh, concluded. Uh, Crowder and friends appear serious about hosting the political comedy. Okay, they hosted him, and it's unclear if Trevor Noah will actually be willing to sit down and allow him to be cross-examined by a strong-minded conservative. I'll gain a lot of respect for Trevor Noah if he comes on, whether it ends up in a fiery debate, a call a discussion, or whatever, just the fact that he would step foot into somewhere so unprotecting of his views would make me see him very differently from any other left-wing talking heads and one commentator on YouTube. Trevor Noah would go on Stephen Crowder right now, would be uh, love to hear him unscripted. An article posted in the Lateral Crowder website claimed that Stephen already had some questions locked and loaded for the Daily Show host he could use to cross uh, intellectual swords. Now, my personal opinion, this would probably not happen. Why? Because I bet you right now all of his producers are, are talking him out of it, saying, please don't do this, because they could only lose from it. That's what's going to happen. They will only lose. Uh, Trevor Noah to headline, White House Correspondents' Dinner. Can you can you imagine that? The guy who's supposed to be making jokes and criticizing the, the administration is hosting the dinner. Uh, Trevino calls out clickbait coverage of it. Okay, that's something completely different. Uh, the mainstream media is not covering this at all, obviously. But if I had to guess, I would probably doubt anything will happen because Trevinoa would only have to lose from it. Um, and to be fair, I think he would have, if he was going to debate anybody or have a conversation with anybody, I think Crowder would probably be the best one for him to have it with. And I'm going to say something that's probably going to be a little bit unpopular with you guys listening. I think Crowder is god-awful and terrible in debate situations or in a debate format or in a situation where he gets challenged, in my opinion. And I say this as someone who's watched Steven Crowder for several years and watched his appearance on Joe Rogan, how he had some kind of meltdowns. There was another incident I, I can't quite remember too much about, but then the most recent one when he was supposed to debate H3H3 and it turned into some freakazoid yelling match because H3 did something sketchy to him. But I still don't think that Crowder handled it in a way. He handled it in a way where he did look, ended up looking childish and unprofessional. And 
I just see that constantly as a constant from Steven Crowder on how he tries to handle things in these debate formats where I, 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 I overanalyze stuff all the time. So what I'll see is he'll start something up and he'll talk all professionally and then he'll raise his voice a little bit more. And he raises his voice, like like the pitch of his voice a little bit. Um, and then uh, he, he typically does, he doesn't quite always have the best responses to things. And then... I think he'll let his emotions get the best of him in the in like the heat of the moment. I think the heat of the moment gets to him because when I watch his scripted videos, I'm like, wow, this is this is very well prepared. I like I like the information I am getting from him. I, like that's what I like about his show. I like how they prepare the information and present the information. Don't really like the cringy jokes too much, um, but I do like the information being presented and how it's being presented but every single time where i see him in a situation where he talks to someone else i just like i'm like oh i just can't like it's hard for me i don't know if you guys would agree or disagree with that doesn't really matter if you agree or disagree i really don't care i'm just telling you guys my point of view and in hopes that that's something he could correctively eventually fix considering how large he is uh he's kind of like a rep representation of i guess conservative podcast hosts so it'll be good for him to fix that aspect um but hey and, and you know this might be one of those things where you guys don't agree with me now but then you go and watch these old things that i'm talking about or something else happened in the future and you're like oh wait you know what maybe joe was right who knows who cares it's not even that big of a deal just throwing out my two cents there so i don't want to hear people saying you're a hater i'm never gonna watch you again no 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 i criticize people on our side because and i hope you guys would criticize me too in a very respectful way in in a way to make us better. You know, if you guys are telling me, oh, you know, start up your videos quicker, or I mean, I feel like I try to blow the, all the information at you guys as quick as possible because I know your time is valuable. So if you notice, the show relatively, for the most part, does come out to be pretty short. So if you guys have, I'm always here to hear the feedback, you know, oh, do less of this, do more of that. I don't like it when you do this. I don't like it when you, I, that all helps. And I read those things occasionally when I get them and I take them into consideration. That's how we become better. So um, I'm open to criticizing our side as much as we criticize the other side. But anyway, guys, thank you for watching. Please drop a video like, subscribe to the notifications on every single day. If you can listen to the flips of the show, the Joey Saladino show on all the podcast apps, go there right now. Click that subscribe button on all the podcast apps. Only way this show gets to keep its lights on is if you guys click all the engagement buttons. It's completely free to do so. Subscribe on the podcast app. It's completely free to do so. If you actually want to help me a little bit more, then you can go uh, become a Patreon member. Thank you guys so much for watching. Listening. Peace out.